This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, we'll, we'll discuss the fact that before we get to the calls again, let's talk about the NFL salary cap. Hmm. Uh, now, it is reported to be, according to sources, $224.8 million. But here's the breakdown. Franchise tags. Quarterbacks who receive a non-exclusive franchise tag before the deadline of March 7th at 4 p.m. will be paid a guaranteed salary, $32,416,000 for this season, if they can agree to a long-term contract by the deadline in July. Other franchise tag amounts, running backs, $10 million plus, wide receivers, $19 million plus, tight ends, $11 million plus, O-linemen, 18 defensive ends, 19 defensive tackles, 18 linebackers, 20 um, corners, 18 safeties, 14 kickers and punters, five. <laughs> so that kind of gives you a parameter as to, um, you know, if you were the Giants, you could franchise Saquon Barkley for ten million. Yeah, for ten million, that's not uh, that's not a terrible deal. Now, no. I, I mean, there is some. You have to wonder how happy he would be with that. Now, maybe at the end of the day, they don't really care how happy he is. It's just the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. The Giants don't seem like that kind of organization for a piece like Saquon. I don't know that they would necessarily go that route. And and not that they wouldn't franchise him, but like th- that they would be of the feeling, well, we don't care if he's happy or not. He's going to be here for $10 million. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure one person that's smiling today, Lamar Jackson, has got to be ecstatic. The yes. salary cap's going up. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that's great news. Yeah. I'm, see, maybe I'm not leaving. <laughs> maybe I can't get my money here It feels Baltimore. like a big jump, too, right? Yeah, it is. It is. $32 million guarantee, 32416 I hmm. feel like it was like just $180 million like a year ago or something. Now it's like... Yep. 225 basically. Yeah, that's right. 225. And uh, I mean, it's good for the Jets. It's good for the Giants. Sure. Absolutely. And what does that mean for uh, Carr? Gordon? Does that mean, because they haven't allowed him to be a free agent, reading yeah. some articles today, they, they, you know, they're not allowing him to make his own deal. So clearly, you know what? They're going to do what you said. If you're a team, that's what you would do. I wait for them to be a free agent. I'm not trying to pay that. Yeah, money well, I, I did read I today that? that that because the cap. I don't know if it was necessarily because the cap went up, but there, there was some some thinking that maybe the Raiders would allow his contract to to vest for next year, because now they'll have the wiggle room to do so, and then they'll be able to trade him someplace and get something back for him. The problem with that is he has a full no trade clause. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that he could really make it tough on you if he says, well, I'm only going, the only place I'll approve a trade is here. Mm-hmm. How much really are you going to get back? And is it worth the trouble uh, of keeping his contract? Right. You, you basically, you, you cut ties with him at the end of the season. He's already said goodbye to his teammates. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that they'd be better off just, you're not going to, you have to realize when you make that move, you're, you're not going to really get anything back for him. No. No. And is it worth the trouble of get like what would a team if he says I'm only going to this team, that team, or this team, or even if he says I'm only going to one team, yeah, what are you going to get back from a second round pick? That's it. That's it. Is that worth the trouble? I guess no. I guess it's at least you get something, but yeah, but I don't know uh, if that's uh, worth the trouble. No, I, 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 at this point, I'm ready to move on. 
if if I'm if I'm the Raiders, obviously they made a decision. They don't want him. He kind of wants to be there, but obviously in that situation, <laughs> why, why would you want to be there? They yeah, made it you're clear. Not, you're not coming back. We don't know yeah. what we're doing, but we, we know you're not it. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and we're not going to make it easy for you by you making your own deal just yet. So we're going to play around and see what we can do. And I don't even know. Now, are they offering to trade him? Are, are there trade conversations around for him? I, mean, I don't even know. His 40.4 million dollar vesting Oof. option uh, comes up on February 15th. Mm-hmm. Pro football talk was the one that was mentioning uh, that it would be I mean it's really it's a huge gamble. Um, yeah. But maybe with the cap going up to this degree, teams would be there would be more uh, I don't know, more available options for them to work out a trade for him later on. Yeah, because he's not going back there. You know that no. much. No, definitely not. No, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no. I, it's this quarterback carousel is very interesting. It's very yeah, because because Carr now all of a sudden kind of becomes the forgotten man. He does in all of this with Rodgers out there and Brady out there and even Garoppolo now because Garoppolo does he go back to the Niners? Do the Niners mm-hmm. want him back? He would certainly seem like a target of the Jets if they don't get Aaron Rodgers. Right. I've heard people say Miami might be a place for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know the if the connection Niners with Mike him. McDaniel. Gordon, I don't know if the Niners won him back considering he was smiling on the sidelines yesterday while they were yeah. getting pummeled. A lot well, was made trust of that. Trust me, they, they wish they could have had him yesterday. They sure do. And it also made you wonder, but if he, they thought they would, the outside chance they would have him if they were made the Super Bowl two weeks makes that much of a difference. At least he could throw. Yeah, that always seemed like a pipe dream anyway. Yeah, I don't think he was coming back this year. No. He was done. He was done. Say back to the phones. Richard's in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Hi, Larry, Gordon. Guys, I agree with you guys 100%. Uh-oh. Shanahan had to know that if these guys are rushing to the line of scrimmage, <laughs> yes. I got to call timeout and challenge. You know, coaches freeze kickers at the end of the game. Yeah. This was a crucial play. Third and long, and that was a 40-yard gain. I mean, that turned the whole game around. We didn't know that the quarterback would get hurt at that time. So you can't say, well, it didn't turn out to mean anything. But at that moment, that was critical. And I didn't think of it. I mean, this guy, Devontae Smith, he pulled like a three-card Monty dealer on that, man. Nobody, he turned his body away when he caught the ball and landed. That was the furthest thing from my mind. But I was wondering, why are they rushing to the line of scrimmage like that, early in the game like that? Something had to be amiss. And Shanahan, you know, when you're the coach, Gordon, Larry, you've got to have all the angles figured out. Mm -hmm. You have to know, you have to be smarter than us. And smarter than the TV guys. We, We have no play in this. This is your livelihood. You have to be accountable for everything that goes on on the football field. That You know, fellas, in a, in a funny way, I always felt that Girardi was at fault for not figuring out the cheating scandal because he's got to know noises are being made, things can be done from center field, catching signals and all. When you're a manager, a coach, you know, you've got to be smarter than everybody. You can't be as smart as us. I mean, you've got to have oh God, I hope not for, for their sakes, right, you know, Larry, just for life in right. general. Yeah, I, mean, I hope he's smarter I mean, God, than me. You've got to be smart yeah. like that. I mean, I, you know, and that guy did a great sales job on it. I mean, he was he 
great time. But the fact that it was such a crucial play in the game at that point and that they're running back to the line of scrimmage, no excuse for it. Larry, I got something for you, though. You'll you'll get Uh a kick out of this. Mm -hmm. I ran across an old movie, Mm mid-'70s. Let me see if you remember. It was the first low-budget basketball film that I ever remembered. Low-budget now. Came out of nowhere. Great movie. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? Mid-70s. It's not the fish to say Pittsburgh. That came a little later. That was with Gabe Kaplan, Bernard King. That was later, a little later. Dr. J. No, I can't think of it. What is it? Cornbread, Earl, and Me. Wow. Wow, yeah, that was. I just ran across that movie. Now, you know what gave me smiles? Mm -hmm. That movie came out after Cornbread Maxwell won the MVP in the NIT. In 74, do you remember that? With uh, Marilyn Easton Shaw, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, yeah. They won. I don't remember who they beat. They beat a big school. Yeah, that's right. And they had a guy, Melvin, on that team also. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember the the players very well. I don't. Mm -mm. But But you remember, of course, Cornbread Maxwell was on that team. Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure they got the name of that movie from from Cornbread Maxwell. Yeah, probably His so. first name, I think, was Cedric also, right? Yes, Wasn't that's it Cedric? Right. Yep. Cedric Cornbread Maxwell. And he's I think still, he's still announcing Celtic games. He's doing, he does radio. Radio and Yeah, he uh, still does games. For them. He's younger than Clyde, but yes. he's got to be late 60s. Yeah, he's younger than Clyde. He definitely is. Wow. Definitely and, I rem- and that was a cute movie, as I remembered. Yeah, I don't remember the movie, but I, I think wasn't that movie um, came out around when Cooley High came out. Yes, you remember mm-hmm. that? That yes. movie came out right after uh, American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. Yep, that Cooley. I, I remember those movies in the mid to early seventies, mm-hmm. low budget movies. But man, they yeah. bring a smile to my face. Yeah, a lot of innocence back it. then, Larry. Yeah. Okay, fellas, always Gone. a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, Richard. Innocence before the Disco era started, and then Studio Fifty Four, the innocence went down. <laughs> <laughs> I took care of that pretty about a week and a half. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about innocence. It's over. It's over. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Gordon, we'll continue our conversation with the little football. Plus, we'll enter into the Knicks. They get ready for the Los Angeles Lakers tomorrow night. Um, I'm not. I'm not mad at them that they lost to the Nets, but I'm disappointed, and I'll tell you why. Next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. He's Gordon Damer. I'm Larry Hardesty. We call it ESPN New York Tonight, 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, I'll give you my thoughts on the Knicks, but first, let's go back to the phones. Anthony is in Brooklyn. Anthony, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys, great show. You know, I, I called uh, to really talk about that. I really didn't like Derek Carr, especially for going to the Jets. I mean, the guy that screens the calls made, you know, a lot of good points as far as saying that it's better than who, you know, you have. But I, I don't know. With, with Derek Carr, I, I mean, you know, you know, so many games where where it just mattered. He just he just really never came through. You know, final drives and stuff like that. Then you know, soaking coming off the field, and and then what bothered me the most was I think it was the Chargers who outright said, "Hey, if we punch him in the mouth, you know, 
we got this game won. And then he came out against them like two weeks. I mean, yeah, he's going to be better than what the Jets have and maybe get you to a playoff. But, you, you know, you want to win the Super Bowl. And to, to me, it's just un, unfortunate people right, like Anthony, him. Or Kirk I got it. Who would you want? If it was left up to you, you're Joe Douglas. Who are you going after? Ah, uh, you're right. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm going after Rodgers. Okay. I'm going after Rodgers with this team the way it is, and as good as the defense is, I'm going off after Rodgers. Get you know one, one or two years, and and I, I, you know, the Jets, you know, just really good team as far as defense. Offensive you, line. Yeah, I hate. Well, no, not offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not good. I cut you off a little earlier than that. <laughs> no. Left out that, that last sentence. Be, listen, that might be a reason why you don't get Aaron Rodgers as the offensive line. You know, just, even though Hackett's here, he's not playing the offensive line. You know, so that that that's an excuse. But so see, that's the thing, Gordon. I, he's right what he says about Carr. The injury. You know, he plays, but is he effective? See, you got Garoppolo, who's always injured. And is and would be would be pretty good in either offense. I mean, he's not now that Lafleur's gone. It's not the same offense that he's got in Frisco, but he's he's played. He, he, he could play in this offense, I'm sure. But now, now you're in the spot that you know. Once again, with the news out of Frisco, I mean, Rogers that that team is in better shape than your team. So if I'm Rogers and I want to win something like right now, especially when he he gives you the impression that he's not really sure how long he wants to continue to play football. If he's being honest with us, and he's like, well, listen, hey, if I can win the Super Bowl this year, I'm out. <laughs> I'm good. I'll leave it. I'll win the Super Bowl and leave and go on to maybe see if I can get in the uh, – make make that a three-headed monster to host Jeopardy. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that him going to San Francisco is that great a possibility. I mean, you, you talk about all the things that would have to line up for the Packers yeah. to trade uh-huh. him in the conference. I don't think that – but I agree with the caller that – there's a tier, right? Like, there's tiers to this thing. And I think Carr is clearly in the, the next tier down from Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Rodgers, it's Lamar. If either of those guys, if you can find a way to get either of those guys, that's your first option. Now, mm-hmm. Lamar seems like he's off the table because it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. Rodgers is, is almost certainly going someplace. Yes, yeah. So that's why he would be number one. And, and, and look, if, if the Jets strike out, if, if Aaron Rodgers says, I want to get traded to the Raiders, and he gets traded to the Raiders, and Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson says, I'm staying in Baltimore, and he stays in Baltimore, well then, Carr is better than any of the other options, and you got to get something. So if that yeah. turns out to be the case, you'd say, okay, I'll take Derek Carr. But no, he can't be your first choice. Can't be the first choice. He's, he's got to be, you know, okay. All right, we'll, we'll take him. That's he's on that be. Garoppolo tier. Yeah, he is, yeah, which is and, all and I, better. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's a debate. Like, would you rather have yeah. Garoppolo or would you rather have Carr? Oh. Carr, I think, has the higher ceiling. He's more durable. He is more durable, but is he, is he better? Like, it, when, like, when he plays, who would you feel better about? But see, I don't know, Gordon, because what, what was the biggest criticism about Garoppolo in San Francisco? I mean, even when they got to the Super Bowl, they didn't trust him to carry the no. team. Yeah, it was like it was, it was like we're running the ball, we're throwing it to Debo Samuels, we're running the ball. But they we were good. I mean, he, yeah, Carr no was on the Raiders. They've never been good. Yeah, they made the playoffs one time. Then they got rid of the coach and brought in <laughs> Josh McDaniels. <laughs> <laughs> they're a bit of a mess of an organization. Yeah, they're struggling too. They're struggling as well. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. He's next on ninety-eight seven ESPN. What's up, Trey? 
What's going on, Larry? What's going on, G? Thanks for taking the call. Hey, Trey. So, um, yeah, about the Empire State Building thing, Larry. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's been spoken about at nauseum today. Yeah, I ain't going to belabor it, you know. <laughs> treat it like Baghdad. That's all I'm going to say. Treat it like Baghdad. Whoever did it, treat it like Baghdad. You know, that's how we do it. We got to take him out back, he or she, <laughs> and treat it like Baghdad. I mean, I, I'm, be- I'm a part. Hold on a second. Larry, Boy, that's I'm, number three. Uh, that's number three of things we're going to be tired of hearing them out going through. Are they going to uh, put all the colors up there for the Super Bowl? I mean, the, the yeah, be I red mean, again. come on, man. <laughs> I understand. Listen, listen. I understand that we're the we, you know, we're the epicenter of the world, and everybody looks to us. I got it, man. But yesterday can't happen. Philly oh, wouldn't do that stop. for us. That's the thing. When you live in the center of the known universe, the Empire State Building is bigger than the Giants. Larry, I mean, uh, Gordon, don't do that. Don't do that, Gordon. Don't do that. Trey, I know you're a food guy, and and yesterday, something up your alley, I I enjoyed sitting back and drinking the delicious tears of giant fans whining about all the Eagles' colors. Yeah, the Eagles wouldn't do that because it's Philadelphia. (laughs) Nobody cares about Philadelphia. You live you in the you center a, of the known universe. Existence, Mr. Damer. You live a very foul existence. Uh, look, I loved it. Oh, they were wild. <laughs> Why did they? They wouldn't do that for us. <laughs> oh, it was delicious. I, 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 I put my finger in the glass after it was done to get every last tear. Oh, they were so tasty. Oh, they were tasty. New York Trey. City, New York City. Please do not listen to Gordon Damer. He is a deplorable human being. Please hey, don't Trey. listen to him. He's, he's bringing family, people together like always. He's just bringing people together. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> that's all. That's all he's doing. Hey, real quick, yeah. I was listening to Michael K earlier. Man, he had a great take on the Knicks, and I feel kind of the same way, Larry. And I, th- I know okay. you're about to talk about it, so mm-hmm. I, I hope I hope this is on par. Okay. It's hard to really fall in love when they do the stuff that they do, right? You know, they come. How do you? How do you? punched the number one seed in the mouth. In the mouth, man. And, and and this is what they've been doing for years. And then they come back against, you know, a team who, you know, they could possibly see. And if they do make it to a play-in, play whatever, they could possibly see this team again. Without Kevin Durant, you come out flat like that, Larry? Mm-hmm. I that, mean, that it was, the, uh... it was – it was, was ridiculous. Issue, I, I I didn't like that. The ever. The I issue. liked the fight back, but we shouldn't have had to fight back like that. See, here's the thing, and, and thanks for the phone call, Trey. Gordon, the Knicks playing the Nets is like the Jets playing New England. Yeah. <laughs> they never win. Mm-hmm. They never win. And for them to come out the way they did, that was the frustrating thing about it. Gordon, let's face it, they, Ty, Kyrie Irving is more talented than most everybody the Knicks have. Okay, not even close. Is. It's yeah. not. It's not even close. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So to lose to them, I get it. They're better, but that's been the thing that you love about this team is the effort. If they had came with the effort that they battled with Boston, even into the overtime, I mean, Gordon, and you lose anyway. Okay, I get it. I get it. They're better, but for you to have given you that effort against Boston and Cleveland as well. And then to come out as flat as you were, yeah, they, 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 something clicked in the third quarter, and then Kyrie just put him to sleep in the fourth quarter the way he's been doing. He's been fabulous in the fourth quarter. How do you not get the ball out of his hands? I mean, he's, I mean, it's, it's like so odd. Like he's killing you. He's <laughs> killing you repeatedly. 
He's just wearing you out. Throw everybody. Get the ball. Somebody else can beat you. He can't yes. continue can't to be beat him. you. And he was continuing to kill him. Oh, he just can't be. And he so, was toying with him too. Oh, and he enjoys it. Oh, he lo- he loves drinking <laughs> the tears of the of the Nick fan. He, yes, he does. He loves yes, he does. that. That, that's one thing I appreciate appreciate about him. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can relate to that. Yeah, he 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 enjoy he enjoys torturing. Mm-hmm. He the loves Knicks torturing. The fans. Absolutely, he, does. he really does. I mean, even even when even when Thibodeau first got here and they played the Nets hard, he said, "Well, you know, I'll say this: he, they they play hard for you. That's good. Oh, thanks for the condescending, <laughs> thanks for the so condescending compliment. <laughs> thanks. Yep. Yeah, yep. you know. So, uh, but but that was the frustrating thing for me. Not that they lost. Because I didn't think they were going to beat the Nets anyway. No, I knew they were not going to beat the Nets. But but could you give me an effort, a little more of an effort? And the building, listen, the building was very Nick oriented. Oh, it always is, of course. No, I mean, and then I get to watch LeBron and how how is Anthony? Listen, now I understand load management, Gordon. Oh Anthony my God. Davis has played two games and he gets the night off. He's played two games. Exhausted, two. Larry. He's exhausted. <laughs> He's like my kids when they have to walk up two flights of stairs. They're exhausted. They're never tired. They're exhausted. He's They're never played. hungry. They're starving. <laughs> That's Anthony Davis. He's played two games. Two. Yeah. Need, I need a day off. I'm, <laughs> whew, I need to pace myself. Oh, we'll talk Knicks next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. But that didn't work. It did not. You have to keep throwing numbers at the problem. And Seth Curry hit threes, and that didn't help him. And they really didn't close out on three. And that's when they get, you know, that that's when they really suffer. Gordon defensively is when they just don't close out on the threes, and the Nets were on fire from three on Saturday night. Yeah, not a not a great performance by the Knicks, but no. Um, after it was two game. really good wins, yes, uh, this is kind of who they are, it right? Is. Like they're not going to bring great effort every like their effort is the frustrating part, but mm-hmm. it's been well documented at this point. Like I, I guess I don't watch enough NBA to know. I'm not watching every team all the time, but. It feels like every team kind of has that, where they don't bring it every single night. Now, you'd like to think that a team like the Knicks, who has to bring it every single night to have a chance to win, mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen. And it hasn't happened for for forever. Ever. <laughs> when, the, when the results were a whole lot worse than they are now. So I, I don't expect it now, but uh, it is frustrating. You'd like to think the one thing that you can control is your effort, but uh, it seems like there are – and I'll say this, last year – it was far more glaring. There were far yes. more examples of where they did not bring it. Yeah, this year it's right. been better, but it's not flawless, that's for sure. It's not, and they better bring it tomorrow night because LeBron in the garden will run them out of the building. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's, he's got a lot of pent-up frustration these days. Yes, he does. And he's, he's, looking, he's, he's looking to, uh, to pay somebody off with that and yeah. uh, doing it at the garden against the Knicks, he would love nothing more. He would love nothing more. I would have preferred that he wore himself out a little bit and given the folks at Barclays, you know, there were some, you know, Michael B. Jordan was at Barclays. There were a number mm-hmm. of celebrities there. He could have entertained them. You know, he could have showed, he could have, you know, given both, 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 both teams, you know, but he just decided he, he'd rather perform at the Garden. Well, look, they have a lot of flaws. Yeah, they that's do. A, that's a game the Knicks should, should win. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> they should. Well, I'll, I'll say this. They should be in position to win that game. That's fair. Because the Lakers are not some great team. They are not. They are not. But that, that Do we know if Anthony enough. Davis is playing? Well, you know, I don't know if he gets two days off for every two days, two games he plays, or if he gets one game off for every two games he plays. Let's go find out. It's like when your kids are like divvying up the money. One for you, one for me. Two for you, one, two for me. Three for you, one, two, three for me. Feels like he's missing more than he's playing. Yes, he's missed a while. But, you know, they're trying to keep him, you know, healthy for the stretch run. He's a guy that when he came into the league, when he was drafted, you thought, oh, boy, here's the next big piece. Yeah. And he, he's won a title, so you can't mm-hmm. say that it hasn't. But He hasn't ter- been as dominant as you thought he was no, going to be. No, in terms of what the expectations no. were, he has not been that. Absolutely. I mean, you thought he was going to be Embiid-like. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. Not, he's a different player than, than, than the Joker, but you, know, you thought he was going to be a dominant guy that was going to – especially in New Orleans. I mean, he was centerpiece. You thought, I mean, you thought you would build a team around him. Yeah. I remember he talking. going to be a centerpiece. I remember talking to players who said he's going to be the best big man in the league bar none. He's going to be dominant for years because of his ability to hit the three, Gordon, uh, you know, then go into the painted area because he could handle, because he was a, he, he played, he was a guard, and then he had a growth spurt. And so he kept his mm-hmm. ball handling abilities mm-hmm. for his size. So he was versatile. He could defend multiple positions. So you thought he was going to be like just phenomenal, but injuries have really curtailed him. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, he's still a good player. He's still he obviously still you, see, you see the talent. But when he was coming yes. in, you thought, yeah, this guy's going to be a centerpiece of a championship level team. And, and the Celtics, it felt like when they did their whole tank and, and that seemed like the guy that they were mm-hmm. they were looking to land. And yep. uh, they obviously had to go a different way. And it's, it's worked out to a certain degree. But, um, yeah, he's just not it's just not paid off like you thought. No, it's not. John's in the Bronx. John, you're next on 98.7. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, John, what's up? Yeah, I just wanted to actually ask three questions, and then I'm going to hang up and see what you have to say. First question, should the Knicks trade for Julius Randle? John, should they trade Julius Randle away? Second question, who do you think is better overall three-point shooter all-time, Steph Curry, Ray Allen? Third question, who do you think is better overall, LeBron or Michael? And I just wanted to end up with this. The only way the Jets are going to end the 12-year drought is if they bring in number 12. All right. So, all right. right. Um, I'll say Steph Curry is is going to go down as the best three-point shooter ever. Yep. Yep. And it's not even going to be close. Yep. Uh, Ray Allen was a tremendous right. shooter, no, but no, yeah, it's not no even close to Ray range. Allen. Right. No, it's the range that, that Curry has. I mean, he hits threes from, from mid, right over the midcourt line. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and the release is unbelievable. And the consistency is just crazy. So that's him. Uh, listen, I've always been a Michael Jordan guy. Uh, but, Gordon, I'm going to have to reevaluate that because LeBron is about to break a record that I didn't see was going to be broken, and that's Kareem's total points so I'm, I'm gonna have to reevaluate my thought process for longevity and how good he has maintained himself from the ability to uh, perform uh, I'm gonna have to reevaluate it I really am uh, Michael Jordan was tremendous I mean he's gonna go Michael Jordan for me was the more competitive of the two mm-hmm. he was a guy who would you know he, he wanted to yeah. He, he didn't to want to just you. beat you. No, he didn't mm-hmm. want to just beat you. He, he wanted to leave you dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what he wanted to do. LeBron is not that way, but longevity, you know, 
and 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 as I said, his ability to remain at this level, longevity wise, I, that, that gives him the edge right now. Gordon, it just does. I mean, you, yeah, it compare, depends on what you're looking for, right? Yeah. You're looking for how long he did it, or mm-hmm. are you looking for how great he did it? Yeah. If you're looking for how great he did it, I don't think it's a comparison. I think to me, it's it's, it's Jordan. It's Jordan. Yeah. But it, the fact that he's done it, at least at least that gives him an argument to make. Mm-hmm. The fact yeah. that he's done it this long. Uh, in terms of the Randall one, here's the deal: the Knicks are not trading. The Knicks are not trading Julius Randall unless it's a clear upgrade mm-hmm. from the player that they have. They are not taking a step back. They want to promote stability and a foundation and hope to be able to add to that at some point. They are not tearing anything down. They're not taking two steps back to take three steps forward. This he is here, uh, and, and unless somebody calls them and says, "Hey, we want we have this to give you, and we'll take Randall," he's not going anywhere. Nope. Even though the way he's performing, if you could get something, this would yeah, be the time. Absolutely, his his value is never never higher than it is right now. Never higher, but, but you got to get something that's going to equal or be mm-hmm. better than him. But we heard from the owner in the last week, and he expects the playoffs. Yes, he did. So that is not, yes, that, that is not hey, let's trade Randall now because his value is high, and we'll get it back a, dr- a bunch of draft picks and maybe a young, promising player. It'll hurt us in the short term, but it'll help us in the long term. Mm-mm. They're not looking. The long term will take care of itself. They're looking right now to develop stability while also keeping some flexibility so that if something does become available, they can jump on it. But they're not taking a step back. If they were going to do that, they were going to do that at the beginning. They didn't do it at the beginning. They brought in Tom Thibodeau. Yep. And that tells you all you need to know. It does. Dante's in Queens. What's up, Dante? Hey, hey, guys. Hey, um, thanks for taking my call. Um, two quick notes about the Knicks. Um, but the first one, I feel like I'm not big on bulletin board material, but the fact that the LeBron and AD had no problem taking an L against the Nets, but they feel like they're going to come to the Garden and put on a show and feel like we're an easy W. If I'm a Nick player, I'm taking I'm taking that personally because this isn't – I understand that they're not ready to compete for a ring yet, but let's be honest, they're respectable. This isn't the AD Curry, Al Harrington Knicks, you know. Um, second – um, I've only, as far as the trade um, front, I've only been hearing that they've been interested in um, OG Ananobi. I heard a little, you know, about Michael B. Um, what's the guy? Um, Malik Beasley, excuse me, from um, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the only two names I heard. But as far as that, I, 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 re- I really think that, you know, they, they have something to prove tomorrow night. I get it's just one game. But it's like blatant disrespect, like, oh, yes, soft, we're going to roll. Like, I, if I'm on the Knicks, I would take that personally. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I hear what you're saying, Dante. Thanks for the phone call. I, I might be that way. I might look at that as well. I might Listen, I want to rise to the challenge, whether they play tonight or not. Okay? This, is, this would be me, Gordon. Whether they play tonight or not, I'm going against one of the greatest players ever. I want to be on my. I'm going to show what I can do in that game. He's going to bring the best out of everybody. He should, and yeah, if if that if I wanted to take something personal, and I don't know maybe maybe Tibbs throws that in tomorrow morning at shoot around <laughs> or the walkthrough, maybe he throws that in. You know, you don't know. But for me, I, I would be I would be ready to go 
against Michael against Michael Jordan against uh, LeBron James anyway. But yeah, that might add a little bit more to it. Yeah, I, I would take it personally. Uh, unfortunately, for the bulk of LeBron's career, that's what he's been able to do. Mm-hmm. Is to come into the garden and put on a show, and and he's what people are there to see more that's so right. than the Knicks. That's so right. hopefully the Knicks tomorrow night should there should be no question about effort or no desire or showing up in the first quarter or playing mm-hmm. your best game or being focused. All those things should not be a, an issue. But we've seen before that they shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't have been an issue against the Nets. Yeah, but it was an issue. Yeah, it was. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. And once again, he can put on the show as long as I as long as I walk out with the win. And there's been <laughs> I, I noticed a lot more buzz because now we got what ten days until the trade deadline. Yes, yes. Um, there was a report about uh, that the Knicks might have uh, Kyle Kuzma. That's one name that's been mm-hmm. thrown out there. Yeah. Um, Gary Trent was another name that was thrown out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody else. It's generally the same names that get thrown out a lot, and it's not. Yeah. I don't know necessarily that it's difference makers per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kuzma would be a difference maker. Well, but again, be- how much is it going to cost you? What's At least he'd question? be better than than Fournier sitting on the bench, and Cam Reddish sitting. See, on that's the bench. That, that's the problem with Leon. Leon's a part of the problem here because he screwed up a lot of stuff. He did, and, and a lot of the stuff that's here, that's working. Now look, it, it, the the Brunson move—that's him. Uh, yeah. No question, he gets credit for that one. But a lot of the things that are here that are bad between the three guys sitting on the bench that you think should be able to help you, and Derek Rose and and mm-hmm. uh, and Fournier. And Cam Reddish, you brought all three of those guys here. You did. You definitely did. Uh, I'm a little worried. You should. You you have a right to be concerned. Mm-hmm. You definitely do. You know. And and the Kuzma, I I wasn't sure. I thought Washington might try to keep him since they sent. Um, I can't think of his name. Um, yeah, the guy to the Lakers. Yeah, to the Huchimano. Who, right, right. I can't think of his. Hachimura. Yeah, thank you, Hachimura. Mm-hmm. Uh, since they sent him to, I thought that was okay. They'll probably keep Kuzma, but mm-hmm. the Kuzma's name has been floated around since the beginning of the season. Ironically, uh, going to the Knicks, so we'll see what happens. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. More of your calls next on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Knicks have their first-round selections in the next seven seasons. Mm-hmm. They're also owed the first-round pick from Dallas. Mm-hmm. It is a top-10 protected pick in 2023, 24, and 25. It's owed a first-round pick from Washington. It's a top-14 protected in 2023, top-12 protected in 2024, top-10 protected in 2025, and top-8 protected in 2026. New York is owed a first-round pick from Detroit. Top 18 protected in 2023 and 24. Top 13 protected in 25. Top 11 protected in 26. And top 9 protected in 27. And the Knicks have a have a 2025 first-round pick from w- Milwaukee if it falls out of the top four. And the Knicks have 10 second-round picks available to use in the trade. The last thing they need are draft picks. <laughs> they do not need draft picks. They have more than enough. Now, look, if you can throw more on the pile, uh, certainly that's great. The Knicks have the assets. They have the money. They have 
some players. They certainly have draft picks. The problem is they don't have a target. <laughs> they don't yeah. have what they really need, which is that superstar to become available. Mm-hmm. They don't. They and, don't. And, 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 but there's no question. I, I know that this fans aren't going to want to hear this. There's no question the organization is in better, oh, a yeah. better situation now than they've been in forever. More versatile. They have, they have yeah, a lot of versatility. Yeah, no, a long time. Since Carmelo was here, they're in a better situation since then. Yep, that's right. Now, that doesn't mean anything. And I will say, whatever they're doing right now is kind of meaningless because until you get that superstar player, you really can't be thinking about deep playoff runs or mm-hmm. or conference runs or anything like that. But it's it's a more entertaining product overall. At least they're, at least they're in games. At least they're expected to be at least in the play-in, if not the playoffs. That's right. And the $7.7 million below the luxury tax. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they, they were, I mean, I remember a time not that long ago the Knicks were over the cap, and it was, the idea mm-hmm. was the Knicks will never get under the cap. That's right. They'll never, ever do that. They'll never get under the cap. So they have the flexibility. The problem is the player has to exist. You can't conjure them up out of the clear blue sky. That's right. And – they what would they always do? Trade their draft pick for players who were thirty and over. Oh, <laughs> they were in a lot of ways. They were like the Yankees were when Steinbrenner after seventy seven and seventy eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got into the eighties and it was you know signing guys past their prime, spending money on guys who were not worth it, trading away young prospects for old guys who were had their best days were behind them. The Knicks have been down that road already. They're not. They're not doing that now. Right. But again, you have to be able to find something that. Um, it's frustrating because there's been one guy really that's become available, and it seemed like a perfect kind of fit because he's from the area. He would have been a boost for you, and they did not decide to to, to push the chips into the middle of the table. And now they got to mm-hmm. wait for another one to come along. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's definitely true. And uh, I don't know who that will be, but it's kind of hard to envision a better scenario than Donovan Mitchell. I agree. I agree. Although, you know, I, see, it's interesting, Gordon, because I think if they didn't have, just trying to get in Leon Rose's head, if they didn't, if they hadn't signed Jalen Brunson, I think they would have pulled the trigger yes, on Donovan absolutely. Mitchell. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, but once they had Brunson, I think they felt, well, I don't want two of the same the, the small backcourt and whatnot. I, so I just think, what are we going to do with RJ and just so many other things? Um, so I think that that kind of, I know. do think that they kind of misevaluated how good Donovan Mitchell was, though. Absolutely. I don't think that they thought, and I, I don't know that I thought that he was as good as he's been this year. Mm-hmm. But he's been sensational. I mean, if he had played like this, Utah wouldn't have let him go. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it, uh, the Knicks might have given up a whole lot more, and that's the and that is another worry that if and when that player does become available, whoever yeah. it is, yeah. the next time, in the back of their mind is going to be well, if we don't push for this guy now, mm-hmm. we might be waiting another two three years. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely, no question about it. Seeing also on the just looking at this because uh, ESPN uh, ESPN Plus has on online the different. You know, different players, they break down all the possible trades for all the teams mm-hmm. in the NBA. And one of the suggestions they have is to try to get Jay Crowder from Phoenix. Now, Jay Crowder, Gordon, is a point forward. He, he's more of a physical type player. You've seen him play. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he can hit the three occasionally, but mm-hmm. he's, he's, not, he, he's not the... 
He's not the athletic three and D guy that I no. think that that you're looking for. Where Ananobi would be, see for me, Ananobi would be a better option. Now I yeah, don't know what it's no going to cost you to get him, yep. right? And and once again, you're in your division. This is Crowder has had some issues with Phoenix, you know, reading what I've seen, and so they're kind of sour on him. He wants to go, so that might be a trade that you can do, that you can get rid. That might be. It would be an improvement with minimal minimal trading from you. So that's what I that's why I think in reading ESPN Plus's mind and the author there, that's why they would think that that would be a move that you could have. Like you could move you could move uh, Reddish and maybe another player and a draft choice and get him as opposed to holding off for Fournier maybe at the end of the year. This is what they seem to be thinking. Like holding off for Fournier at the end of the year and packaging him in a bigger plus deal. In other words, don't make a blockbuster deal now. Just do something that adds mm-hmm. depth to your team. And then right. in the offseason, you sit down, you find out how far you went, and you reevaluate. And then you say, okay, we got all these draft choices. We got these people. We've got whatever we have to do. Okay, let's move. Let, let, let's really try to take this team up a notch. Yeah. Um, it, do, it does kind of feel it, – it doesn't feel like whatever difference – whoever you think are difference makers, if it's Zach Levine or, or whoever, it doesn't feel like 10 days away that that's the direction that they're going to go. Because they're still in it. Yeah. See, a lot of these teams with the play-in, they're still in it. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you can't make that move now. You have to do like maybe just a move where you exchange somebody off the bench who's not playing with somebody who maybe can help you out and get some playing time. And cut down these forty minutes that the starters are getting. They they might get somebody and and they might still be playing forty minutes. I mean, are you all that convinced that the, whoever they get that that Randall's still not going to be playing forty minutes? No, he might play forty five. It, it, it's kind of hard for me to believe that Cam Reddish can't give you anything. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. Well, my friend, we'll find out what the Knicks do tomorrow night. We'll be on following the Knicks and Lakers. Be good on the radio tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow night. All right, Larry. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us. Uh, guys, have a great night. Freddie and Fitz next on 98.7 ESPN.